Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in. It's Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan. Gentleman across from me wants you to know he went to Ledoux, Horton Watkins High School, and he's playing a private club today, but he won't tell anybody where he's playing, and I don't appreciate that bothering me, to be honest with you, but we'll focus on that at 1030. Uh, today's program, Jackson, it's the winter of our discontent continuing into bone-chilling temperatures as the Cardinals lose a game that may be the worst of their 21 losses to date. Hello again, everybody, and welcome in. 314-399-9646, Air Comfort Service, text line, 101 ESPN app, uh, to podcast anything, and the Adopt Tire and Auto Centers podcast, and, of course, to leave a mic drop. Do we have any mic drops waiting for us? John Denton's going to be with us at 1045 with a day game. Uh, He won't be able to join us early. So I just thought, you know what? The people are probably upset. Just talking with Randy Carricker and Brooke Grimsley and Kerry Davis and Matt Rocchio about it. They're upset. I figure let's let the people know that their words will be celebrated. They will be welcomed on this show. We shall not censor you. We hold no rights on this show. We welcome your dissent on this program. Jackson is pro-liberty. I'm anti-kink shaming. It's balloon party. And we are the Statue of Liberty of Sports Talk Radio in St. Louis. Bring me your tired, huddled masses. Yes. Nice. Yep. Tim, the world's on fire and all we have is a squirt gun. Nice. Cytheria. What Uh, do we we have in the... uh, in the uh, the mic drop. Oh, we got one. We do have one. Yeah. All right, well, let's go to it. Doggone it. We almost got one last night. Well, you just got to trust the process. Stop it! The process sucks! Here's a process. Bowtie, pick up the damn phone and tell the general manager to meet you on the field. At that point, you line up your 40 losers on the roster down the first baseline and say, how many of these losers do you want Cause we want Otani and we want Trout and we want a World Series. Tired of it. Well, that uh, sounds like Chairman Steve and Wildwood, who, uh, following last night's festivities, is is perhaps speaking for many. When oftentimes he's speaking for few. Uh, his credibility skyrocketing. And Jackson, it was a game uh, that looked like. You could sit here this morning and go, well, 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 how do you do? Nolan Arnato hit the baseball. Dylan Carlson hit a home run from the left side. Miles Michaelis, solid start. Solid start. <laughs> Your voice got high right. there. You know, was it dominating? No, but solid start. <laughs> and they did this against Shohei Otani. 
Ali Marmol and the Cardinals. Here comes the winning streak. They'll get a busman special against Griffin Canning today. And then they'll sweep the Tigers. And here comes the run. And then we'll play audio of uh, me mocking the Cardinals in April and May and say, oh, ha, ha, listen to Tim. He is oh so clueless as they have their parade down Market Street sometime in early November. But alas... Let's take a listen to the audio of the ninth inning. Jake Lamba. Jake Lamba is up 4-3 game. Giovanni Gallegos called in a duty because Ryan Helsley struggled in getting four hitters out on 10 pitches, and that was too much. And so here comes Giovanni Gallegos. I'm sorry, Tim. I can only hold this. I know, I know, I know, I know. All right, here we go. This is uh, the call of the game-tying home run. And he drives this ball to right center field. This is deep. Newbar's going to watch it go. The game is tied. Jake Lamb delivers. A game-tying pinch hit home run. And it's 4-4 four to four here in the top of the ninth. That was the Angels broadcast. It was, yes. Otherwise, Chip Carey decided to go rogue <laughs> with his glee. Yeah. Uh, well, then Mike Trout came up. Now Trout hits one deep to left. This one might go back near the wall. O'Neal, and it's gone. Mike Trout has given the Angels the lead. Two home runs in the top of the ninth. And the Angels have stormed back to take a 5-4 lead in St. Louis. I say this, and I say this with the greatest of sincerity. I do not recall hearing boos like that at Bush Stadium during a regular season game Period. Now, I would imagine, and I'm talking about when it involved the Cardinals and not like, you know, Brandon Phillips or something along those lines. Uh, So perhaps somebody can cite an example. Um, I would imagine there there are multiple, but that one stands out. I saw Derek Gould of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch tweeting that out and making that observation. And then that leads us to the Ali Marmol postgame session. Uh, ben Fredrickson of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch asked him a question regarding the boos, uh, and Ali Marmol took the question in a direction that I don't believe Ben was intending for it to go. Uh, here is the exchange following the Cardinal loss last night. What's your reaction? I mean, the fans are frustrated. Obviously, you guys hear that. Do you think they're more frustrated than us? No, I don't think so. No, I can tell you right now they're not. That clubhouse is extremely frustrated. And understand something. This is year 17 with the Cardinals. I've had the privilege of doing this for 17 years for one organization. And whether you're in the minor leagues as a coach in the lowest level, if you're a coach at the big league level or you're managing in my seat, you wake up every single day with one thing in mind, is how to improve the organization. So to sit here and think that other people are more frustrated than the people in this clubhouse is insane. Absolutely insane, I can tell you that. Every coach that's in that clubhouse wakes up and loses sleep over how to improve what's going on at the moment. And that's the only thing that crosses your mind every minute of the day. That's why this organization has been good for a long time, is because everyone wakes up with the same thing in mind. So to think that when you say that the fan base is, yeah, we want to deliver for this city. That's what you wake up for every day. And trust me, we don't mind the accountability. That's also why we wake up every day. Because it drives us, knowing that if we do well, things go well. And if you don't, people are pissed. That drives me. It drives everybody in that clubhouse. So if you think other people are more frustrated than within these walls, you're crazy. 
Ben Fredrickson tweeted, uh, when the Cardinals get booed off the field, you got to ask. And Marmol wanted to talk about it for what it's worth. I didn't say or imply fans care more than the team or players. And I don't think he meant I did with his answer. I read it as him saying the team is pissed, and it was a good answer. So what the answer sounds like is that Ben was asking if the team is as upset as the fans are, and that's not what he asked. And you can hear that at the the beginning of the question, but Marmol jumped in, and uh, and that is the answer you heard. It's so in a way, it's a straw man because Ben Fredrickson or any reporter wouldn't even begin to suggest that unless you're just there to try to stir the pot and you know, get get something going with your career, and that's not what was going on. Ben Fredrickson was asking about hearing the booze, and Ali Marmol jumped in. Um, I had uh, a friend of mine, longtime uh, person in the game of baseball, who texted me last night, Jackson. Uh, if I said this person's name, everybody would know this person's name, and I say that uh, with 100% certainty, uh, who I was, I went to the game, I took my son, as I had plan to do and I wanted him to be able to see in case he cares in 20 years that he saw Shohei Otani and Mike Trout play that he could say he saw Shohei Otani and Mike Trout play so we're at the game and uh you know school night for him and I get up early to do TMA and so we're heading home and I believe it must have been the seventh inning and uh this friend of mine texted me panic move now I was in the back of an Uber and uh, my son was playing on my phone uh, and I, and so I didn't see it until I got home. And so I didn't know what he was talking about. And I wrote back, I said, what's the panic move you're referencing? And he said, he brought in Helsley in the seventh. Now keep in mind, by the time I got home, it's only the eighth inning. So we had not gotten our results yet, mm-hmm. but this baseball person observed that and said in the moment, because what are we not on this show? Results are That's correct. We are not results oriented. But oftentimes, the process, which we heard a lot about last night, the process leads to negative results if the process is flawed. And that is why we focus on the process on this program and also not kink shaming. And so, uh, sure enough, right when Jake Lamba's ball sailed over both the wall and the Cardinal bullpen, uh, this person said, and there it is. And then moments later, Mike Trout's ball sailed out. Then I said, and there that is. And off we go. And his point being, knows he's got a problem, and he is scrambling and bringing in Helsley. Now, after the game, he was asked about why Helsley didn't stay in and why go to Gallegos in the ninth inning. And uh, here is what Ali Marmol had to say. Yeah, you definitely think about going back out there, but that's three up downs. And uh, at that point, he's done his job. Gio did an April factor for that decision, what he's proved he can do there. That's exactly it. Uh, Gio's done a really nice job. He's actually been uh, our top reliever. If you look at his body of work in April compared to anybody in that bullpen, including Helsley, um, righty-lefty. There hasn't been a guy punching out righties and lefties and keeping their OPS down better than Gio. So um, you trust him there in the ninth. My counter to that would be is if you trust him, and you feel like he's been your best reliever, as were the words of the Cardinal manager there, then why wouldn't you go to him in a role that is what he usually has, barring Helsley pitching a number of games in a row, and considering the team has 10 wins, that hasn't been a problem. And that has put Gallegos in when Hicks walked Rendon in the seventh and tend to business that way. That would be my, that would be my question 
following up um, because it's not like the fact that Mike Trout was coming up in the ninth was a surprise right. because it's not like the Angels rattled the bats in the eighth inning. It was three up, three down. Helsley was in. He was out. Ten pitches. That'll do it. How do you do? And Ali uh, Mormosa didn't want to bring him back in for the ninth. Okay. That is your contention, but then it would be then if you're not comfortable with that, then why bring him in at that point? Because Mike Trout was due up third in the ninth, and that meant Shohei Otani was due up uh, fourth. If anybody were to get on, you were going to see Shohei Otani. So here is uh, here is my official macro view for uh, May fourth, twenty twenty three. Uh, last night's one has a lot of people talking about Ali Marmol, and I understand that. And I think the subconscious nature of the sports fan is when you have a loss like that, whoever is front and center for the organization, whether it be a pitcher, a hitter, a position player who misplayed a ball, or more often than not, the head coach, or in this case, a manager, uh, is going to be the one who catches the ire of the fans. I would still tell you that the bigger issue for this team and why they're 10 and 21 is the roster construction. And I can't pivot off of that, even though I am sure today is a day to focus on the manager. With that said, you can go, well, the roster construction was warm garbage going into the year because the pitching staff uh, really leveraged the team and its bullpen and its offense into having to do more than it most likely was capable of doing because you really only have two, maybe three guys who would be considered top-tier pitchers, and I'm not talking about number ones, on championship-caliber teams. But last night, you can also have this truth going, boy, the manager, wow. And that is where I think a number of Cardinal fans are at this moment. It isn't blame Nolan Arenado. It isn't blame John Mozeliak. It isn't blame Bill DeWitt. It isn't blame Ali Marmol. It isn't blame whomever you would want to throw in there, Giovanni Gallegos. Right. Uh, you know, it is one piece of a big puzzle that has now led to the worst record in the National League. If you would have given me 100 to 1 odds, but I had to place down a good amount of money you know i mean if you go 100 to 1 on a dollar i go okay fine i'll bet anything but 101 but but i'm but i gotta put down money that matters uh that the cardinals would have the worst record in the national league on may 4th 2023 i don't know if i would have taken it matter of fact if it's money that i like wouldn't want to lose i wouldn't have taken it and that's coming from somebody who didn't view the cardinals as a pennant contender but certainly viewed them as the team that was most likely to win the National League Central. And there's a difference between the two. I look at three pennant contenders in the East, two pennant contenders, maybe three in the West, but more likely two. And anything else other than that, I'd give you the field and I would be comfortable taking the Braves, um, the Phillies, the Mets, the Dodgers, and the Padres going into the year. And you can have everybody else. And I would be comfortable with that wager. Doesn't mean I think the Cardinals were going to be bad. I just didn't think they were going to be able to defeat them with the staff that they had at the outset of the season because that's going to be a lot to ask of take your pick of Michaelis, Flaherty, and Montgomery, most likely, uh, because Stephen Matz, this is not a surprise. So with that said, I go back to roster construction, and I'll continue to go back to roster construction. But when you bring in Helsley in the seventh, and he's dealing like he's dealing, and then you pull him, and your reasoning is up-downs, 
and also Gallegos has been your best reliever, then I would go, well, then why isn't Gallegos in when he normally is in, especially when it's not like Helsley has been run out there since the team hasn't won a game since a week ago today. Jackson, your observations, fine, sir. Were you surprised by that move, or were you watching the Celtics try to cover minus 30 last night against the Sixers? Which they did comfortably. Um, I was watching both, and uh, just surprised. Like, bring him in the end of the seventh. I was like, was he going to come in for a, would that be a seven-out save? Like, that's that's a lot asking of your, of your closer. And you have Gallegos, who I agree is a good, he's a really good pitcher, but he's a setup guy. You know, you bring him in to set up Helsley. And I didn't understand bringing in Helsley at that point. I, I guess I understand not bring, or bringing in Gallegos because you got to bring somebody. It takes a little bit of the luster off of the turning out the lights and doing the Hell's Bells thing. And if it's in the seventh inning? If it's not only in the seventh inning, but then you bring in another pitcher after that. Like, it doesn't necessarily have the same gusto as it would if it was, you know, your closer. That's the reason you're playing this music and stuff. So, yeah, I would have liked to see Gallegos come in there at the end of the seventh. So you're saying the Yankees didn't play Enter Sandman if Sandman was coming in in the seventh inning of a game when they were 10-20? and 20? Uh, Yeah, yeah, I don't know if that would play too well in the Bronx. So, uh, yeah, I didn't understand that move. But, again, like, you can uh, Marmol, there's certainly plenty on his plate to blame. But at the end of the day, this is roster construction. And especially when you're looking at the pitching staff, that's absolutely roster construction. So uh, that is certainly the focal point of today's show. It was the focal point of yesterday's show. But yesterday evening's loss may be, uh, at this moment, the one that really could exacerate uh, where this team is and get people going. And I said at the start of the homestand, if they go two and four or worse, I could see something taking place following Sunday's game or Monday. And here we are. At this point, they're going to really have to do some work. Yeah, for real. Um, I really, by the way, from a wagering standpoint, I know it's super counterintuitive. I think he's running his best lineup out there today. If you look at the lineup, um, it's Newt Bar, Goldschmidt, Contreras, Arnado, Gorman. Oh, G- Gorman, and then uh, Arnado, um, Carlson, O'Neill. Uh, Donovan Edmond, um, and I've got some of the uh, chronological order botched there on the back end of it, but uh, the top four is accurate. In other words, they're not doing the it's Thursday, let's take it easy lineup. It's we got to win this game. But the Cardinals are minus 145. Yeah, I thought that there would be a nice little sneaker play on the Cardinals. I did this when they played the Mariners a couple weeks ago. Felt like, okay, all the momentum's going this way. The money will be on the Mariners and then boom. But no, this time the Cardinals are minus 145. Griffin Cannoning is the starter from the a- for the Angels. Jack Flaherty for the Cardinals. Flaherty played the role stopper against the Mariners two yep. Sundays ago. Maybe he can do it again today. I don't think one win is going to get people feeling better. I will say this. Number one, you got four runs against Otani. It's a pause. And I'm not, hey, but let's you know <laughs> focus on Stephen Matt's second through fifth innings. That'd I'm not that guy. Party. That would be a balloon party. That's oh, exactly right. That's a prime example of it. Um, but I do think the way Nolan Arnado hit the ball last night was super encouraging. Keep in mind who he did it against. Right. That's key. That's, That's key. That was the thing you asked, what would I start to feel good about? That would be it. And so had they won that game, uh, I still would have pointed out, I thought it was surprising to bring Helsley in dead serious because I was texting about it. Um, so with that said, uh, to lose it in that fashion, man, 
this game today becomes super critical and as random as it is. And I remember saying this about the Blues and the Islanders in the first week of November. Like, who would have thought the Blues and the Islanders, the New York Islanders, would be a critical game for the Blues? But that was the one that Doug Armstrong circled. How's the team going to come out? That this Cardinals-Tigers series this weekend against a team that is kind of record-wise in the same class as the Cardinals. They just swept the Mets in a doubleheader yesterday, but they're 12 and like 18 themselves. Um, if that goes off the rails, I truly would expect a change. That does. When I say that, let me be clear. That doesn't mean John Mazalak loses his job. He just signed an extension. That doesn't mean Michael Gersh loses his job. Doesn't mean Ali Marmol loses his job. But something of substance would happen. I do believe that, and I would bet that um, that if the Cardinals lost two of three to the Tigers, and in particular lost the Sunday game, because that's the one that kind of sets the the breather. Right. You see what right. I'm saying? Yeah. Um, or if they got swept by the Tigers, I would. My expectations would be, or if they lost, yeah, if they lost the first two on yep. Saturday night, that's when Matheny was fired. He was fired on a Saturday night. And again, I'm not saying they're going to fire Marmol, but something would happen. This is off the rails. This is absolutely off the rails. And it's one thing if you're the Rockies going, yeah, we're terrible, or the Reds, yeah, we're terrible, or the A's, yeah, we're terrible. They were expected to be terrible. This team was expected to win their division, and that's what makes it different. And around here, you haven't seen anything like this. Randy Carricker and I were talking about this at the beginning of the show since something like 1995, and that was the last year of the brewery owning the team. This is the first time Bill DeWitt's dealt with it. Your thoughts, leave a mic drop, 101 ESPN app, or text in Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. John Denton will join us from the ballpark coming up at 1045. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Balloon Party 101 ESPN. John Denton of MLB.com is going to join us coming up at 1045 live from Bush Stadium where the Cardinals will take on the Angels today as... Yet again, how many series in a row would this be where they try to avoid a sweep? Let's do the math in our heads. Let's, shall we? Yeah. Five? Four? Four or five. How was that air horn? That was pretty good, wasn't it? It's incredible. Thank you. I'm really excited about my brass. <laughs> All right, what's your answer? I'm going to go Four. I'm going to disagree. I'm going to take the over. Let's do it. Diamondbacks, before they went on the road trip. Yeah. Then they went to Seattle. Yeah, it's two. San Francisco. Oh, yeah, I forgot about San Francisco. Los Angeles. Angeles. And now... The Angels. Yeah, the so Angels. five. Five. Fun! Yeah. Fun times! And it's really fun to avoid sweeps. It's super... It's really great. God, I can't believe they're minus 145 today. I thought it was going to be, you know what I thought it was going to be? I was going to be a little sharp. You're little piddles, and I'm little sharp. I thought it was going to be a little sharp last night. I really thought that the— And you uh, bet the Cardinals. I did. Well, there was multiple did you bet, factors. Did you go heavy on that last night and had your heart ripped out by Jake Lamba? It was a two-unit play. Uh, it was a two-unit play against Shohei Otani? What were you getting? Uh, plus 120. I can't something. believe it wasn't higher That's than that. That's what I said, but I was like, you know but what? But you still bet it. You well, thought it was, was a so bad confident. price and said, oh, I don't care. I'll spend bad money. So there's there's uh, three elements to it. One, the world is upside down as as we've noticed with the with baseball this season, and this would be like the ultimate game where the Cardinals just win for whatever reason against probably the best player in Major League Baseball. So I thought that the second element was 
Marshy Marsh from the fast lane was going to the game, and the last time he went to the game, I went with him, and it was a win. So well, I was you guys like, go out together a lot. Twice. This would be twice. And um, and the last time we were at a game, they won. So I was like, okay, Marshy Marsh, that's the second thing. And the third thing, I can't quite well, remember. What a, what a sound thought process that went into this wager. Listen, sometimes because you get Marsh a feeling. was going to the game, you thought they would win. That combined with the world is upside down. And I was I was almost proven just a little sharp, as you said, but then they brought in Gallegos. Hey, Tink Tinkles. Yo. Maybe it was cold last night. That's from the 314. I can tell you, as somebody who was there, didn't get a chance to watch the Celtics and Sixers because I was there. They missed out. Uh, it was perfect. Yeah. yeah. Can't blame that one on the weather. Can't. And and what, we, what did we see? We saw scoring from the Cardinals. Carlson hitting a home run from the left side. World is upside down. That was nice to see. That was. I'm telling you. But then, then, I, then. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like there's some things oh. going right that tell you, they can't put a full game together. Even in some of their wins, it's like they just sweat it out. Like they just can't put a game where you're like, okay, that's what they should look like. <sighs> God, I, st- I still I get that. I have this weird feeling that I feel like they're going to go on a tear. I do. Yeah, I really do. And I think the people know. I hope the people know that I'm not. You have no like interest in like. Well, I, have, I have interest, but I have no ties to right, anything. Like vested interest, like right? No... I just, I just, you know, just say what I think. Yeah. But that's honestly what I think. Right. Now I understand if you'd be like, oh, that's such a, you know, you you work for the Cardinals, so you're saying that stuff, and I would get that. And I always felt like that was unfair to the guys who did work with the Cardinals sure. that they're just like lying. That's not fair. Uh, but in this case, I don't, and I'm just telling you that I th- I just can't believe, and especially I like what happened with Arnado last night. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for a prop bet play, I don't know if Marsh is going to the game or not, but I'm not going to even look into Doubtful. it. Doubtful. Yeah, I think he has a program. He has a program to run. Um, even it might be over by the time their program starts with how these games are flying. And they have to fly back to L.A. tomorrow and play the uh, Rangers, so they might have a vested interest <laughs> in, in seeing how quickly they can get out of here. It's amazing how that winds up happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, God, so maybe along with that, Jack Flaherty has a big day. I could see Flaherty pitching really well. And Nolan Arnato has a big day. Yeah. No win. I might have to look at... Looking out on the trees, southbound here, uh, looking out in Creefcore, Missouri, the wind is uh, not active. Yeah. Beautiful day. Watch this. It's a beautiful day for a ball game. Nice. Thanks. Thank you. Percussion section. John Denton is going to join us with his perspective on a beautiful day for a ball game. That's coming up in 15 minutes. Uh, Lots of texts. I mean angry texts. And they're not directed really at us today. Couple, couple your way for watching the Celtics game. Uh, but that's not to be expected. Not, not going to apologize. The Cardinals could have won. They could be on a winning streak instead of a losing streak, and that would have come in. But uh, the people are mad at the team. Let me ask you, they just, I think there are plenty of places to point the finger, including some that have incredible popularity in the area, such as Nolan Arenado. Yep. I recognize John Mozalek might have the lowest approval rating in St. Louis sports, and that's been the case for a yep. while. With that said, who, more than anybody, if we're going to do this, do you put the finger on? Now, I, th- I, th- I think that you can go, like, with six or seven, but more than anybody, where do you— Now, my guess is, when I open up the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646, what name do you think I'm going to see? John Mosellock. And what name do you think I will see second most? Ali Marmol. I agree with your assessment. Yeah, yeah. But— 
allow me to submit this to you and to the millions and millions listening to this show. If you blame the roster construction and or the lack of spending, John Mazalak has a boss. Does and unless there's some kind of coup d'état that's going on <laughs> down there, he isn't able to just act without repercussion. And so I always am kind of amazed at how he gets portrayed as like the king. Yeah. And it's it's not necessarily the way that businesses in general work. But I think it's because of the way he dresses and talks that a lot of people get irritated by, as asinine as that sounds. But I really think they could play as into it. So I think the name we'll see most is John Mazalek. Then we'll see Ali Marmol. And then I'll go build a wit. Yeah. Yep. That was my top three. So I'll glance into the Air Comfort Service text line while you update us on the Warriors. Yeah, Warriors and Lakers, and Lakers tonight. tonight. Yeah. Big game. And Golden State. Golden State's got to win. You can't lose two on your home court. They're the worst road team in the NBA, Tim. <laughs> And then, of course, I'll preview the Nuggets and Suns. John Denton is going to uh, join us coming up. Uh, Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party, driven by Mungan Ass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. Timothy Michael McKernan, Action Jackson with you. And coming up at 1045 Live from Bush Stadium, where the Cardinals will have a day game to wrap up the series with the Angels. John Denton of MLB.com will be with us to to talk it over. Uh, we got uh, a lot a lot of people, unfortunately, going after Jackson's pronunciation of the Angels. It's that, tough. Los Angeles it? Angels. That's like the two very... I mean, Angel Los Angeles is the city of Angels. That's Spanish for Angels. Nice. And then you... Very put, condescending. And you put very that, condescending. Well, I'm not trying to. I'm just, you know, maybe a little, you know, a little context here. And so that's a tough... I preferred when they were the California Angels, even though I think that was before my lifetime. What does San Diego stand for? Uh, Don't anchorman it. <laughs> I just, Don't anchorman it. You can't it. set me up like that and expect Don't, it. Oh, I, that's why I helped you when I said don't anchorman it. Um, I don't know. St. Peter. Oh, really? Yeah. Fun facts. That doesn't, I don't know. That doesn't track as well as Los Angeles. Well, I mean, I, I can't help you with, right, you're going to have to take that you. up with some conquistadors or something, but I'm just telling you that's what it stands for. I feel you. Diego, feel you. Peter. Fun. <laughs> this is an educational show. It's going to move to NPR. That's probably why they're the Padres, right? Think about that. Yeah. And then there were the Clippers, the San Diego Clippers. Oh, and we still somehow had NBA talk. Because of the boats. The boats. There's a big, you know, obviously a big marine life in San Diego right there in the ocean. They have Clipper boats. And then they moved to Los Angeles, kept the name. Like and the, Shamu. Like Shamu. Like the, the Los Angeles Lakers are from Minnesota. Not many lakes in Los Angeles, Tim. Nor is there much jazz in Salt Lake. But we'll Not talk about that on tomorrow's show. Today's focal point is, of course... The Suns and Nuggets series. Yeah, that's what you want. I knew that's what you wanted. I wouldn't let you do it. No, it's all Cardinals all the time. And I asked the people, who do you blame the most? Who do you blame the most? I'm just curious where people are on it. And I got to tell you, maybe here's the thing. 
I, I love doing uh, Gallup polls. So the only time I really come out of retirement on Twitter <laughs> and true. to retweet the stuff that you tweet mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that mentions mm-hmm, me or that mm-hmm, Ryder tweets that mm-hmm, mentions me, and then mm-hmm. I retweet. Otherwise, I'm pretty much out of it. But uh, I kind of framed it by saying, you know, if you want to blame John Mazzale, like really, he has a boss. And so what I think that did, it led to a lot more Bill DeWitts than I think normally. I think So I think I got... Kind of, I, I, I influenced the process. Sure. That's bad. Uh, that's bad Gallup polling on my part. But yes, Bill DeWitt uh, is is uh, is getting the most votes at this moment. Um, Ali Marmal, John Mozelak, uh, certainly getting a lot as well. But that is that's where it is. Uh, Tim, if John Mazalak talked like he was from Lime instead of De Pair, everybody in town would love him like they do Doug Armstrong. I didn't know that there was a, a Lime dialect hmm. and that there was a De Pair dialect. I, I haven't noticed one of either, but... Well, because you don't go anywhere but Ledoux. <laughs> yeah, right. Correct. Yeah. I, I'm honestly uncomfortable sitting here in Creve Corps. Yearning for my home. Yearning for your home. Five minutes down minutes the road. away. Yeah, yeah, you don't feel safe in Creve Corps. You have a police escort into the building. It's roster construction. Now I'm saying this on the heels of a game in which they should have beaten Shohei Otani, but overall you go, why are they ten and twenty one? And I would say that's it. The problem is the roster construction that led to the rotation is not the sole reason because the offense with the names that you look at and you look at what they're putting out there today against the Angels and Griffin Canning. You'd go, that should be good enough, even with a bad rotation, to do better than like a 325 winning percentage, which is why I believe that there is inevitably going to be some kind of streak coming. I really do believe that. And I am encouraged by Arnato's at-bats against a great pitcher last night. I truly am. But with all that established, even if they are hitting, the ceiling for the rotation is so low that I don't know if it's going to have any chance of being good enough to get out of the hole that they've created. I mean, not only, if they went on a 10-game winning streak, they'd still be a game below 500. Holy crap. Right, it's crazy. That's an eye-opening stat, and yeah. it's a very basic statistic, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I just think I can't imagine that it continues. And if it does continue, I think you will see a change. I really believe that. Um because as I said, Randy Carrick and I was, I was saying Randy, I said, because he was celebrating his 40th year doing a show. How about that? 40 years. The Randy Carrick, the great, any kind guy. 40 years doing a show. And so I said, okay, you were just doing, having the 40th uh, anniversary celebration the other day. I said, so you've seen a lot of teams, and a lot of those teams in your first 20 years weren't that great. So what does this, what, which one does this one compare to? It goes, oh, 95. 95. Because the brewery was on their way out and the fans had grown apathetic. But relative to the DeWitt ownership and relative to expectations, see, the expectations weren't there in 95 plus. There was a coming off the work stoppage right, right. of 94, and it carried into 95 um, so that the season started later. Different set of circumstances this year. A lot of enthusiasm. A lot of enthusiasm. Certainly question marks about the rotation, but. A lot of enthusiasm. I thought it was too much enthusiasm regarding Wilson Contreras, but it's not like Wilson Contreras has been the problem. I thought, well, probably need to do more than Wilson Contreras, and I think other people did as well. They just were focused more on the uh, rotation. Uh, I mean, the outfield is is not performing. I still think that they, you can get three starting outfielders from guys who are either up here right now or down at Memphis. Uh, for the record, I'm, of course, thinking of Jordan Walker. Right. Jordan Walker did not play last night in Memphis's win. Gotcha. Uh, that doesn't mean that he was 
Hurts means he didn't play. But since going down to Memphis, he hasn't done much. He was 0 for 3 the night before with two strikeouts. And his average is in like the 150 range in his short stint so far with Memphis. So if you give me Jordan Walker figuring it out, assuming that there isn't a bigger issue there with some kind of health situation, and then you say, okay, out of O'Neal, Carlson, Newtbar, Burleson, two of those will start to hit. And then you've got the corner outfi- corner infielders and some combination of whatever direction you would go with the middle infield. Uh, and then, of course, if Gorman's playing in the infield or if he's your DH. And then Contreras, how is that lineup going to be doing what this lineup has done offensively to date? I just can't imagine that that continues. So I would tell you, as counterintuitive it is, now is the time to buy stock in the Cardinals. The question I would say is, is that surge that I feel like has to be inevitable going to be enough to get them back into the race? And on that, I don't know because it's not like they have a rotation that will allow them to shut teams down on the days where either the offense just doesn't click or they run into a great pitcher themselves. And that's certainly going to happen as well. So with that all said, we'll find out what John Denton has to say about last night's festivities and the mindset of the club today because he is down at Bush Stadium. He's going to join us next. This is Balloon Party driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN, driven by Mungan S. St. Louis Acura. Let's go right to him live from Bush Stadium. MLB.com writer, friend of the feather here on Balloon Party, John Denton. John, good morning. I hear you're right down on the field. Yeah, yeah, down on the field, uh, kind of ducked away in the, in the tunnel for now. We just left uh, Ali Marmol's office and uh, going to be playing baseball in the, not before long. Yeah, hour and 15 minutes away. I uh, saw your tweet moments ago. I quote tweeted it with the colonel from Boogie Nights. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> Stephen Matz will get the ball on Sunday. Yes, yes, yeah. They are going to start him. Uh, that could change. He's supposed to be throwing a bullpen today. Uh, you know, Tim, it's 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 rare to hear a pitcher say, I have no clue where my curveball is. <laughs> uh, you know, Matt's is, Matt's is struggling to even throw his curveball. He's, he's become a two-pitch pitcher. And Ali Marmol says, you know, you can't get away with two pitches in this league as a starter. So he's supposed to be working on the curveball today. They hope to see progress. For now, the plan is to start him on Sunday. But I guess, you know, if, maybe if that bullpen goes badly, they could change their mind. But I'm, I'm kind of surprised. I'm not sure you can trot him out there right now as a two-pitch pitcher. You know, the Cardinals are... 0-6 in his six starts. Uh, he's 0-4 with a 7 ERA. So something something needs to change there, definitely. Yeah, um, you, you were just spending time with Ali Marmol in his office, and uh, usually I wouldn't ask this question. I know he was asked this question two nights ago, uh, so I'll ask it again. How is he doing? I mean, after last night and uh, that post game, and now just uh, 12 hours later, he's back at it. Uh, how is how is he doing? What was the tone of the uh, the pregame media session? Uh, well, he said he slept one hour last night. So you know, he said he did try to lay down. He did try to sleep, but he slept one hour. He Ali has two young girls, so the girls are up super early and. He likes to see them before they get off to school. But, yeah, it's this is wearing on him. You know, I asked him, I said, Do you, have you ever experienced anything like this? And he said, you know, not really as a player or a manager. He's never been through anything like this. He kept mentioning how it how it happens is the hardest part. And, you know, he mentioned that this is painful and it's wearing on him and it's wearing on everybody in that clubhouse. You know, it's 
this is not a new phenomenon. It's been a tense clubhouse. It's been a, you know, every question you ask the manager has been tense for two, three, four weeks now. So, uh, you know, they're, they're hoping that Jack Flaherty can be the stopper for them. You know, a, a couple of weeks ago, they were, lost the first two games of the series in Seattle, and Jack went out and pitched well and got them a win. They need him to be the, the stopper and the ace of the staff and get them a win when they're going through tough times like this. John Denton, MLB.com, with us every Thursday here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. It's presented to you by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. So last night, I was telling the story at the outset of our show, a longtime baseball person texted me. I was at the game and, and heading back with my son. He texted me while we were uh, in the Uber on the way back home and said, panic move. And then I got home and I looked at my phone, since my five-year-old had it at the time, and mm-hmm. and uh, and I said, what are you making reference to? And he was making making reference to Helsley coming in in the seventh inning. And and this was before what happened in the ninth inning happened. I looked at my phone in the eighth inning, so this was not a results-oriented text. He thought it was a panic move. Ali Marmol gave his reasoning for it. Uh, what were your thoughts in the moment when you saw Helsley come in, and what were your thoughts on what wound up uh, playing out? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of focus on the, the ninth inning, but the, the seventh inning, that's where the game went, went haywire. Yes. When, when Hicks can't finish that game, and when Hicks can't finish that inning out, that's where it sets all this in motion. Same, same it, thing that happened against yeah. the Phillies in game one that wound up being another uh, signature managerial moment. Exactly, exactly. You know, and, and, and Renfro had singled off of Hicks earlier in the game. So Ali says, okay, so say I leave, leave Hicks in. Renfro singles there, and they tie the tie the game. And then people were asking, "Okay, why didn't you turn to Helsley, or why didn't you turn to uh, Gallegos there?" You know, so it's it's one of those things where, I mean, Ali Ali made the right move last night. Like, Geo has been really good. I think he faced twenty eight batters. He'd given up three hits, and then last night, three of the first four reach him. So, you know. It's not so much about pitches. A lot of there was a lot of focus last night on oh Helsley only threw ten pitches, nine of them were strikes. It's about the ups and ups and downs with closers. Uh, you know, Helsley threw three innings twice last year. One time it was the second game of a doubleheader, and one time it was when a game went into the tenth inning. You know, he, there's a reason why Hels, uh, closers only pitch one inning or only pitch two innings. It's about the ups and the downs, having to get hot, cool off, and get hot again. Uh, Ali even mentioned this morning, if you look at the way the Brewers had handled uh, Hader when they had him, you know, they, they tried to stay away from getting him hot, having him sit down, then have to get hot again. And, and never did Hader pitch three innings. So, you know, there, there's so much focus on him only throwing 10 pitches. It's not about that. It's about the sit down, pitch, sit down, pitch for three innings. You just don't see closers do that a lot. So yeah, and I and I follow that part of it, even though I know that doesn't necessarily resonate with the fan base. I do get that part of it. I suppose what I would counter with John is, if Gallegos has been, as Ali Marmol said in his own words in the post game, their best reliever, then why didn't he decide to go to him in that spot in the seventh when Hicks had run into a bit of trouble? Because the lineup coming around to Trout hitting in the ninth inning was something that was clear. Uh, and uh, unless the Cardinals got into a bunch of problems and the lineup would turn over quicker than that. Do you have any idea of what his thought process was with not going to Gallegos in the ninth, but instead going to him in the seventh? Yeah, you know, he just he just thought there that, uh, you know, w- one of the unintended consequences of losing is your, 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 your bullpen doesn't get consistent pitching. You know, uh, Helsley and, and Gallegos haven't pitched consistently because of this. So, you know, he thought that that's where the game could flip right there. There were runners on first and second. 
you had Hunter Renfro up, a, a good batter. Uh, you know, if, if Renfro, if he leaves Hicks in or he brings in Gallegos, you know, and Renfro singles there, then there's questions are, why isn't Helsley ready? Because that was the biggest spot in the game. Eh, so, I don't know on that know, one. It's, 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 one of, it's one of these spots where every decision they make, even if it's the sound right decision, are, are going haywire right now. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, listen, you can't manage based on worried about what you know fans are going to be angry about. I agree with that, but I don't know if people would have gone, oh, what's Gallegos doing here? That would have been. With that yeah. said, we, uh, I, 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 I'm not usually. Let's look at a positive thing because I really, you know, I see what I see. But I do yeah. think something that you and I have spent a lot of time talking about over the last couple of weeks. There was something flashing last night. Naturally, it's not going to get much attention because of the manner with which that uh, ended, and understandably so. But Nolan Arnato, multi-hit game, plus a walk, hit the ball hard. And I feel like that is a domino from the offensive issues that the, that the organization has at the major league level at the moment. And he did it against a pitcher of the caliber of Otani's. So if there's something that I'm going to take away from that and hope that there's carryover, it's Arnato and his at-bats and success last night. Yeah, exactly, exactly, Tim. I, like you know, we talked about, you know, yes, he's been in a slump, but two, he wasn't even hitting the ball hard, like at all. You know, there's a lot of weak contact, there are a lot of iffy swings. To see him swing the bat like he did last night, and even the night before, I thought he swung it a lot better. Um, you know, like I've said several times, like there's nobody more obsessed with hitting, there's nobody who thinks more about hitting and constantly worrying about hitting than Nolan Arenado and. You know, we all know that it's just a matter of time until he breaks out. Like history says, this is who he is. He's a guy who hits 30 home runs. He's a guy who drives in 100 runs. He's done that seven straight years. The Cardinals are confident that he will come back. And, you know, like last year in the playoffs, if Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt don't hit, they're not going to win. And they haven't hit this season, and that's a big reason why they haven't won. They just feel like history says those two will hit, and they will eventually get right offensively. Uh, John Denton with us. Final question for you here. Um, and I'm putting you on the spot. Uh, and if you want to politely decline, I, I would understand, but I'm going to, I'm going to do it. If this homestand turns into something along the lines of a two and four homestand, let's say they get one today, but they lose Friday and Sunday, Stephen Matz's start, uh, to the Tigers. Do you think that the organization is thinking, okay, we might need to do something, whether it be with the roster, whether it be with the coaching staff, with the front office? And I'm not talking specifically firing Marmol, even though I know that that certainly gets going after a game like last night and the start that the team is having. But do you think that there is an awareness amongst the organization that the fan base is really charging the walls and has had enough with where this thing is? Yeah, I think there's absolutely, you know, an awareness that they realize it. Um, I think they have 100% support uh, of Ali Marmol. They have belief that, that he's the right manager for this team. Um, you know, I, I don't think they would make a move there at this point. Uh, you know, eventually, like, Tim, we've been around sports long enough, uh, professional sports. If you don't win, eventually everybody's going to be called into question. Eventually the manager, the, the president, the GM, they're all going to be on the hot seat if they don't win. They feel like they're going to get this thing right at some point. But, you know, this team's got to play complete baseball. You know, one night they pitch, one night they hit, one night the relievers are there. But putting it all together has been a problem. Uh, You know, they have confidence that Ali Marmol is the right manager. And I don't see him making a move there. But I do think they could shake up this roster dramatically. I think they could move some people out. I've said all along the whole Jordan Walker move was not about Jordan Walker. It was about these other four outfielders and, 
you know, if things continue to go bad, I think one of these outfielders could be elsewhere, uh, you know, in, in the next couple of weeks. There you go, John Denton. It'll be one to follow today. Day game, Jack Flaherty on the mound as the Cardinals try to avoid a sweep for the fifth straight series where they go into the final game of the series trying to avoid a sweep. And then who would have thought that the first week of May in a series with the Detroit Tigers could be a critical one. But alas, that is where we are. Follow John on Twitter and read him at MLB.com. John Denton with us every Thursday. John, thank you so much for the time as always. Appreciate it, sir. Have a good day. Take you care. too. It's John, uh, John Denton with us. BK and Ferrari are up next for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.